Welcome to the Retirement Planning Guy podcast, a show designed to help retirees and pre-retirees live an awesome retirement. Your host is Jim Martin, financial advisor and author of The Retirement Playbook. Jim discusses ideas, strategies, and techniques to help you live your ideal retirement. So sit back, turn the volume up, and enjoy the show, because we begin right now. So you want to teach your kids and your grandkids all about money, helping them avoid all the pitfalls that each of us made along the way, helping them realize the power of starting early and saving and investing, avoiding debt where they can, and really making sure they live within their means. Folks, that's what we're talking about on the Retirement Planning Guy. My name is Jim Martin. I am the Retirement Planning Guy. And what we're going to talk about is so important because let's face it, outside of an education, teaching your kids about money is one of the most important skills that you can pass on to your kids for a couple reasons. Well, number one, most of the time they don't teach this stuff in school. You could go through high school and even college and not know how to balance a checkbook, not really know what a credit card or a mutual fund is, not really understand how to live within your means and a budget. But if you have those life skills, you know that you're gonna your kids or yourself or your grandkids, you know you're in a better position than people that don't. And that's why this is such an important topic. But before we get started, as always. Let's go through our disclosures. My attorneys would like you to know that this show is for educational purposes only. It's only information. And while we do take every step to ensure it's accurate, mistakes do happen. So before you take any action and make any changes, make sure you consult with an attorney, a CPA, or a qualified financial advisor. Okay, now that that's out of the way, let's get to the meat and potatoes. Let's start talking about how you can teach your kids and your grandkids all about money. And I'll tell you why this topic came up. I've got a dear friend, and I met her probably two decades ago, and I was always amazed. She always seemed to have her stuff together. She didn't make a lot of money. She was in the social services world, but she always seemed to have her things together. Never really cried about debt, or she couldn't afford things, or or, or any of the things that the 20-something-year-olds were complaining about that I was friends with. And one day, we were having dinner, and I, I asked her, I said, well, you seem to really have a handle on this stuff. What's going on? And she started talking about her grandfather. And, you know, a smile came into her face and her eyes, and you could just, you could see it really made her happy. And she talked about her grandfather and the lessons her grandfather taught her. And taught her from a young age. Taught her what a mutual fund was. Uh, This girl was a saver. Again, she didn't make a ton of money, but she saved. She also talked about, I don't have any debt. And I don't want any debt because my grandfather, he told me that this is not the way to do it. Because you have to pay this stuff back. And you have to pay it back with interest. And it costs twice as much when it's over. And she went through this litany of things that her grandfather had taught her. And I realized all of a sudden that her grandfather, while she loved him, And he loved her, of course, and they have those memories. One of the biggest legacies that he had left her was an understanding of money because it really changed her direction, her tree. Because you know, and I know, that if you meet a lot of people that are in their 20s, and they're recently out of college, and you know, maybe they're making 30 or $40,000 a year, so they're doing okay, but not great. Look, if you can have them have their stuff together, you know that changes their tree. As opposed to the average person that's out there that's carrying a ton of credit card debt, all kinds of car loans, all of these other things that are are compounding and they're not saving for retirement. Imagine, imagine if you can help your kids and your grandkids go on the other trajectory. 
the one where, hey, my grandmother or my grandfather taught me about this, or my mom and my dad had a really candid conversation. So in today's show, we're going to talk about the top seven things that you can do. The top seven things you can do as a parent, as a grandparent, as an aunt, as an uncle, or as somebody that just loves a child in your life to help them get a firm understanding of finances. And this stuff doesn't have to be really hard. We're not talking about committing the next six months of your life to teach an intensive class. Now, there are some good resources out there. Look, Dave Ramsey has put out a ton of a ton of information on this. And I think his daughter's name is Rachel Cruz. And I believe she's got a book about this. I don't remember the title, but you can Google that. And, you know, in our firm, we're a a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro. So you guys probably know in my real life outside of this podcast, I'm a financial advisor. So when a client comes in and says, hey, Jim, I want to I want to help educate my kids or my grandkids on this, we always refer them to Rachel's book. In addition, we go through these top seven things. So the very first thing you can do, look, your kid doesn't have to be 22 or 18 or even 17 or whatever it would be before you start. You can start this at a pretty young age. So I've got a three-year-old. His name is Barrett. Barrett is a, uh, Barrett's a rambunctious boy. Barrett doesn't want a lot except for his mom and dad's attention and everything and anything in the house he can play with. But when he gets a little bit of money from grandma and grandpa or, or or he finds a quarter on the floor, we have a clear pa- plastic jar that he can save the money into. It becomes real and he gets to see it grow when he puts more money into it. So the first thing you can do is start a savings account. Now, you're not going to go down to the bank. Start the savings account at your house and you can teach counting with it. It needs to be in a clear plastic jar. When you put the money in, count it, take it out and count it, understand what how coins work and how five plus five equals 10 and start teaching lessons around this. Now, obviously we're not teaching, well, he is a genius, of course, but we're not teaching our three-year-old truly about money yet. But we are teaching him that, hey, when you get money, you save it so you can get something later. And we do that in a way that they can see it. And they can see it with a, like just a clear plastic jar or clear, uh, uh, it can be a glass. It doesn't have to be a jar, but but find something. We, we use a mason jar. So we've got a mason jar and, you know, I cut a, I cut a, a little hole in the top where he can, he can put quarters in or nickels or pennies when he finds them. And he sees that thing growing and he's, he gets a kick out of putting it in there. I don't know why. And then Teresa, my wife, she'll take it out and help him count it from time to time. And he doesn't really know what the counting process is, but it's an activity that helps helps cement this into his brain that, hey, this is money that I've saved and it has value and I can buy cool things with it. Now, we haven't got to the point yet where we're going to tell him, you know, what you can purchase or buy with money because, you know, I don't know that a three-year-old really needs to know about this. He just needs to know that he's loved and has fun and learns a little along the way. But eventually what we're trying to do is teach him lessons about the fact that, hey, when you have a quarter and if you put it in this jar, it, you you have a quarter tomorrow. And then if you put another one, then you have 50 cents and so on. And all of a sudden it adds up. And then you can buy a Matchbox car after a couple of weeks of finding quarters on the floor. And that's pretty cool. Now, and I just want to make sure, you know, we don't just drop random change, but we do have a couch and, you know, sometimes I sit down and there's money in my pocket and you guys can fill, figure out the rest. So it just falls in. Okay. So that's the first thing you can do. If for smaller kids, save a little bit money of money in a jar, make sure you can count it and then show things as your kid grows up. Number two, show them that things cost money. Look, not everything's free. Like that money that they save, that money they saved 
You trade that money in to get something. You know, money, people pray to the God of money all the time, but realistically, all money is is a transfer of of something for something else. So you're just transferring, you know, a, a coin or a dollar bill or something electronic for good or service. And we need to show and explain to our kids the fact that things do cost money. And I don't want you to overcomplicate it here. I don't think that's necessarily the best idea. We don't want to make things complex or scare kids. Uh, But what we do want to do is show them that things do cost money. And that's where that savings idea comes in is that, hey, when you've got money in a jar and, you know, you can go buy a stick of gum with a quarter. If you save, you know, $1.50, you can buy a Matchbox car. And which one do you like more? Now, you might get two separate answers at two different times from the same kid, but you can show them the power of, of saving and then that things actually do cost money, that, that gifts just don't show up under the tree. Well, they do, but they first came with, well, from Santa Claus, of course, but outside of that, for the ones that have mom and dad on them or grandma and grandpa, those those cost money. We don't have elves in the backyard making this stuff. So show them. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't make it simple. Teach them lessons. And this is kind of like a, a 2A or a 2B, if you will. Here's the other little little add-on. Look, I think you can also go a little crazy. If you always tell your kids you have no money and you can't afford something, I think that's, I don't know that that's a great lesson either. So I just think you, I'm not telling you you should buy everything. I don't, I'm not giving you any lessons on spending. That's between you and your spouse and your value proposition. But I'm just saying that, remember, the way we teach our kids about money is that we want them to know that when they do things, they can get money and that they can purchase goods and services with it and that there is, there is a cost to everything so they don't become too spoiled along the way, which is, you know, that's always a fear for all of us is that we don't want our kids to get spoiled. And that goes into number three. You know, I'm not really a big fan of allowances. I just think allowances are like welfare in a lot of ways. And, and that's just coming from me. I mean, there's no, I don't have any statistical evidence around that, but Uh, You know, I've got a 13-year-old son, and he wants to get things sometimes, but you know how he does it? He has chores. Yeah, that's a, you know, that's like a four-letter word in some households these days, but chores are really cool, right? Like, we compensate him when he does a job well done, and his chores are really simple. Like, he's got to mow the grass. You know, you know, Chuck Norris, he doesn't mow his lawn. He dares it to grow. Yeah, and if you don't know about Chuck Norris memes, go out and search the internet. There's a I'm going to try to work a Chuck Norris quote in on every show just because I'm a huge fan. Uh, But go look at these things. But Chuck Norris, he doesn't mow his lawn. He dares it to grow. I don't have that power at my house, okay? My lawn grows. When it rains and then the sun comes out, it it runs like an inch a day, I feel like. And we have, uh, we you know, one of the best parts about having a teenage son is you can get him to do stuff. But I don't just get him to do it for his rent. I mean, I'm going to love him and he's going to live there whether he mows grass or not. But it's nice to earn an allowance. Like when somebody does a job well done, we compensate them for, guess what? A job well done. So I think it's important you can start allowances for chores. Or I'm sorry, you can start, <laughs> again, don't give allowances compensate them, give commissions, or pay them for the chores. Allowance, I mean, you know, I don't know. That just sounds like a trust fund kind of idea. I I just, for me, I'm not a fan. I didn't get an allowance as a kid. I had to work for it. And I, I hope that, um, I hope that, I hope that my son feels the same way, that he knows when he goes out and does the things we ask him to do, that he gets compensated. I don't clean gutters. 
a couple weeks ago, and um, it's a messy job. You know, you had to get up and clean these gutters. And I didn't put his life at risk. It was a pretty low gutter, but, you know, they're pretty dirty. It had been after the wintertime, and, you know, I compensated him for it. He did a good job. He didn't complain. He worked hard. He did it. He got He got some money in his pocket. That's what it's all about. But, hey, once you get the money in the pocket, that's not where it stops. That's why we're going to teach them to work hard. And when you work hard, you, you get compensated for something. But that's not where it stopped. We also have to teach our kids how to save. So let me walk you through this. Imagine you give your son or your daughter a $10 bill for a job well done. Here's what you do next. You don't just say, hey, go blow this on Pokemon cards or whatever. Whatever. I don't know what the kids are doing these days, right? But don't just go to the store and blow it on bubble gum. We have three things you need to do in my house. You need to save 25 to 33% of it. So you need to save a third. Let's just call it a third to make life easy. So if you get 10 bucks, you need to save $3.33. And you need to put that in account so you can you know, make a big purchase later or you just have it for a rainy day. Not that kids have rainy days, but you know what I mean. The other third, I like, I like, I, I, I want to teach my son and my sons to have a big heart, to give money away, to help people in need, and not necessarily people. They can they 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 can give it to a, a conservation charity, but we want to teach them to be givers. That that when you earn something, if you can give it away, that's a good thing. Like we want to raise a, kids that turn out to be really compassionate adults that are really tied into their community and will have a sense of wanting to do more and better. So we always we always take a percentage of what they earn, whether that's 10% or 33%. It doesn't really matter. That's up to you and your family. It could be just 10% if you kind of want to do a tithing um, a tithing kind of idea. It could be 20 if you want to do tithe plus charity. It could be 33% if you're like, you're somebody that really buys into this. It, the percentages don't matter, but just, just think of that's, that's the option number two. So thing number one they need to do with their money is save some of it. Thing number two is give a little. And finally, last but not least, last but not least is have some fun. Go out and blow that money. You earned it. It's your money enjoy. Like we want to teach people that money is like not something to be hoarded after we've paid ourselves first, i.e. saving. And then we've given a little bit away just to the greater good of humanity. And then finally, hey, have a little fun, go have some fun. And if you spend it, so be it. That's why we have a savings account. That's what we want to do. We want to teach these kids these lessons. Okay. So that's number four. Let's go to number five. Now, now we're getting out into how you can really dive in. I want you to talk to your kids about money. Like in some families, like talking about money is like, it's just so taboo. Like we can't talk to our kids. And I'm not saying you need to let your kids know exactly how much you make, but talk to them about your budget. Like, hey, hey, little Johnny, here's our budget. Every week we have $400 we can spend on food and we have $100 for fun. So when we go to the movie theater and we spend $100 on Friday night, we don't have any more fun money until until the next month. And that's okay. That's living within your budget. Have these conversations. Hey, little Johnny or Kyle, I, t- I walk my son through my savings for retirement. I tell him all the time, like, hey, we fully fund our IRAs, our 401ks, our SEP accounts, our simple account. We fully fund our investment accounts to save for retirement because I don't want to work forever. So when I just like you, when you make a dollar and you save 25 cents of that dollar or 33 cents. I do the same thing. When I make a dollar, the very first thing is I do is I save for retirement at 401k. And the reason we want to do this is we want to make sure that people understand how it's done and what they should do. Because remember, your kids are going to turn into you. I mean, we all turn into our parents and we want them to 
to turn into the good things we do, not necessarily the bad things. So talk to them about this. If you're not doing it on your own, well, well, lead by example. Start doing it on your own as well. But hey, this is a really good opportunity for you to teach them. Talk to them about money. Talk to them about saving for retirement and what you're doing. Talk to them about living within a budget and how what that means. And and you'll you'll find, I think, that as the older your kids get, they understand like, oh, you mean we only have $150 a month for fun stuff? Well, mom and dad, maybe I don't like the movies as much. Maybe I really want to go to the water park this month. Can we can we do that instead of this? And you can start talking to them about these things. These are good ways for kids to learn that we've got to live within a budget. And you're not trying to make them fearful, like, oh, we don't have enough money to do this stuff. It's, hey, here's what we have. Here's our budget. Uh, Let's try to make it work within the context. And that's called living within your means. And then after you've done that, so that's number five, let's go to number six. Let's explain debt. I mean, really have a candid conversation with your kids about debt and what debt is. Look, you want to teach your kids to grow up without debt, right? Like, so tell them, like, credit card debt is not something you want. A car loan is not something you want. What you want to do is save. That's why when we make a dollar, we save the first, again, let's just call it 25 cents, but we save the first 25 cents in an account. So guess what? When we're ready to buy a car, we have some money. Or when we're ready to take a trip, we have some money. Or when we're ready to do something, we don't have to go into debt. Explain to them about debt. If you've made mistakes... Look, your kids know you're an adult or a human being. Like, we all know that we've made mistakes. Have a conversation. Hey, you know, when I was younger, I made some really bad financial decisions, and it took me 10 or 15 years to crawl out of it. And I'll never go back into debt because, and here's why my life is so much better today. Or we're in debt right now, but we're going at this with gazelle-like intensity to get this paid off. Like, these are good lessons to teach your kids like really good lessons. They know you've made mistakes. Own them. And and you'll be surprised on how much that'll help them teach them. Oh, I don't want to make the same mistake my dad made or my mom made or my grandpa or my grandma. I want to make sure I'm in a little bit better position. You know, fall on your sword. Admit your mistakes. I think it'll make a big difference. And here's one of my favorite ones. And I saved this for last. Look, you can open an investment account. So I have a number of clients who've opened investment accounts for their, their grandkids or their kids. And we're not talking that they're putting hundreds of thousands of dollars into these things. We're talking that they're they they're putting fifty dollars a quarter or a month in buying Disney stock or Norfolk Southern stock or or Walmart or McDonald's or Coca-Cola. But what they're doing is they're going out and buying stocks or mutual funds, stock and understand what it is and how it works. Let's follow this mutual fund and understand how it works and have that conversation. And that's something you can help help set up for them. Those could be their investments. They can have some some input on the selections on the companies. And it can be companies they use. Like if your granddaughter loves Apple because she has an Apple phone and an iWatch and a MacBook, look, if you bought her 10 shares of Apple and had a conversation with her and talked to her about how the stock price can go up and down and that when you you buy stock, you're an owner in the company, so you own a small piece of Apple and that, hey, look, it will grow over time, but oh, it can also go down some too. Like, can you imagine the lessons that you're going to teach? Huge. I mean, just so impactful forever. Now, if you don't understand how to do that, have a financial advisor help you have those conversations. Like, they're not going to do it, you know, for you on your behalf, but they can certainly educate you. 
if they have the heart of a teacher, they're going to want to do this stuff. So I think that's a really good way that you can have a conversation and teach something that is inherently really powerful. Because if you knew at 20 what you know now about money and investing, would you be in a better position? I know I would. So you have a really good opportunity. Don't get preachy about this stuff with your kids, but just have a conversation because they're interested. I promise you. These are in, This is not like, hey, I want to teach you how to tie your shoes and some other things. These are like kids are interested in money out of a lot of things, or at least my kids are. And I think these are things you can do that are pretty simple. So let me recap the top seven. For smaller kids, save your money in a clear jar. Number two, you know, show your kids that things cost money. Number three, don't give an allowance. Give chores and compensate them for a job well done. Teach your kids to save and to be generous and to give and to have a little fun with some of their money along the way as well. Number five, talk about money. Look, this is a top secret. Talk about saving for retirement. Talk about your family budget. These are these are really great lessons. Number six, explain debt, how it's an issue, why it's a problem, how to avoid it. The things you can do to, to minimize it. Talk about the, the the struggles you might have had with debt along the way and how that's impacted you. And then last but not least, invest with them. And again, we're talking small amounts of money here, guys. We're not talking hundreds of thousands or even thousands of dollars. There are some really great low-cost investment platforms that'll help you invest in some in- single issues of shares or even fractional shares. So these are really important things. Hey, one of the things that we have out on our website, which is at retirementplanningguy.com, are some great resources. We do offer a newsletter. Once a week, we send out a newsletter with our top retirement tip. So look, if you want to get a great tip around retirement and you want it, I, we don't send a newsletter that has like, I, I don't, you know, I hate getting these e-newsletters with 5,000 words because I just don't have the time to read it. So we just try to send a tip out every week. So go out to our website at retirementplanningguide.com and sign up for that. And also, hey, if you like the show, feel free to share with a friend. Uh, we, we always want to make sure that we're getting the word out and the message out. But more than anything, folks, my name is uh, Jim Martin. This is the Retirement Planning Guy podcast. And remember, I want you to plan well and retire awesome. We appreciate you joining us today for this episode of the Retirement Planning Guy podcast. Be sure to visit retirementplanningguy.com to access additional information, including our free retirement planning kit to help you live an awesome retirement. Take the first step to living the life you've always imagined with the Retirement Planning Guy. Opinions voiced in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives. Information provided is not intended as tax or legal advice. You are encouraged to seek tax or legal advice from an independent professional. We are not affiliated with Social Security or any governmental agency. New River Financial Group LLC is a registered investment advisor offering advisory services in the state of Virginia and other jurisdictions where exempted. New River Financial Group LLC doing business as Martin Wealth Solutions. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining value.